Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a podcast dedicated to an all-female perspective on lore, legends, and the creatures of the insomnia-driven fears you have at 3am. I am your host, Nikki Mandiola. I've been itching for a true crime tale, so what better way to spend a Saturday than looking up a Black Widow? I mean, some may like to see a movie or head to a cafe, but leave me with an old-timey Black Widow story and the day just flies by. I also want to put in a shout out to those who have left comments or have sent emails of mamas you'd like to hear about in the future. I'm excited to dive into some new tales and appreciate the help with my ever-growing list of research. Anyway, let's get on with the show. This week's topic is Martha Needle, the Black Widow of Richmond. For this tale, we travel down under to Australia. Martha was born near Morgan, South Australia in 1863, and supposedly grew up in quite the abusive household. It was also said that she showed tendencies of mental instability, which might explain her actions a little later on down the line. Despite all this, she was most known for her beauty and kindness setting up the perfect cover for any nefarious acts. Moving on, at 17, Martha married Henry Needle, and between 1882 and 1886, the couple had three daughters, Mabel, Elsie, and May. In 1885, the family moved to Richmond, which accounts for the location of Martha's future nickname. Now, here comes what we've all been expecting. The deaths. First to go was Mabel Needle on February 23rd, 1885, following what was described as a short illness. After, Martha conveniently collected 100 pounds in insurance money, which is the equivalent to about $40,000 in today's money. On October 4th, 1889, Henry Needle passed away and made Martha 200 pounds richer. Elsie soon followed in 1890 and May joined her later that year. Doctors were unsure what caused the Needles to perish one by one, and Martha may have prevented any attention drawn to her by her next move. She apparently spent the majority of the insurance money on an elaborate family grave, which she visited frequently. After her family was all gone, Martha needed to busy herself with other things. This came in the form of two brothers, Otto and Lewis Junkin, who owned a saddlery business in Richmond. Martha, seeing that their attached home was up for rent, decided to sublet the space and take in lodgers. This began in 1891, and two years later, it was found out that Otto and Martha had begun a romance. Otto's brothers, Herman and Louis, did not approve of the pairing and did their best to prevent an engagement. Of course, like I mentioned previously, Lewis was business partners with Otto, so he happened to be in close proximity to Martha. In 1894, 
Lewis passed away from what was documented as typhoid. In June of that same year, Herman arrived to take care of his late brother's affairs and made a point to stop at old Martha's for a meal. After that, Herman fell ill and retired for the evening. By the next morning, he had recovered only to partake in a Martha-prepared breakfast. Directly after that meal, he fell ill once more. Two days later, presumably after some non-Martha-made meals, Herman returned for lunch. He then complained of violent, painful cramps and paid a visit to one Dr. Boyd. Boyd decided to collect samples of Herman's vomit and sent these off to a government laboratory for analysis. Once they returned, the cause of Herman's illness all pointed to one substance, arsenic. Boyd immediately reported his findings to the police, and a plot to capture Martha was developed. Along with Herman's cooperation, the police set up a trap by sending the eldest brother to Martha's home once more to enjoy a hearty meal. When he arrived for lunch, Martha served him a cup of tea, and then Herman did something unexpected. He literally blew a whistle. This alerted the police, who rushed in to find Herman and Martha in a struggle while she attempted to dump the contents of the teacup. When the tea was collected, it was found to have contained enough arsenic to kill five people. Afterwards, Martha was formally charged with attempted murder. This also prompted questions about the deaths of those associated with her, and the bodies of her family, as well as Lewis Junkin, were exhumed. All were found to have lethal doses of arsenic in their system. She then was charged with the murder of Lewis. Martha's trial began and lasted a total of three days. She pled not guilty, but with all the evidence against her, she did not prevail. Martha Needle was found guilty and sentenced to death. On October 22, 1894, Martha was hanged at the old Melbourne jail, where her last words were, I have nothing to say. If you want to see old Martha for yourself, or at least an image of her likeness, her death mask is on display at the old Melbourne jail. That's right, I said death mask, and yes, it's exactly what it sounds like. So, pay a visit to Melbourne and decide for yourself if Martha's beauty was enough to help her get away with murder for all those years. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on both Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you could rate, comment, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help to get the show out there, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. 
Until next time, keep it real, mamas.